Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hey guys, Scott here. Just a little housekeeping item. A number of podcasts here, this one included, was caught on the road in Guanajuato, Mexico. And the audio quality is not as good as it would usually be. Sorry for that. The guys in engineering have done their best. And so we do want you to make the most of this content and would think it'll be a blessing to you. So do enjoy it. Do rate us, let someone know, and be inspired and take action. That's our hope here at FX Mission. So thanks for joining us. And sorry again about the audio challenges that were created by recording on the road. Thanks a lot. Scott McClellan here for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, happy to be here with Jim in Central Mexico here in the state of Guanajuato. Yeah. Jim, remind me your last name. Jim Rouvet. Say it again. Jim Rouvet. Rouvet. Yeah. French roots, He's a huh? French guy, yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. I, did, I, I must have known your last name, but I, I, it takes me by surprise right now. I don't know why. Rouvet and Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, that, that's... Uh, Unexpected, I guess. I knew you were from Missouri, south of St. Louis, as I recall. Yep, about yeah. 45 minutes south. Yeah, awesome. What's the town there? Festus. Festus. That's a good old gun good, smoke guy. Good old gun smoke yeah, name. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Marshall yeah. Dillon and Festus. Festus. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, very cool. Well, you've been you've been in missions uh, and on the field for a little while. Of course, we met here in. Uh, in La Quemada, in the, in the state of Guanajuato, a few years ago. Yeah. Your journey in missions, let's talk a little bit about how you how you got going in missions. Like, were you from a missionary family, or how, what, what's your background? No, I'll, you know, um, actually, we didn't come from any type of background when it comes to, like, church stuff. Yeah. You know, I got saved back in 1997 uh, after being healed from cancer. And uh, my wife and I, you know, she started going to church. She got me involved in church. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, the very first retreat I went to was hosted by the president for another missions organization. And uh, shortly after that, I took my first mission trip, which was to Guatemala in 2000. Okay. So you meet the Lord in 97 after being healed from cancer. Yeah. Wow. You say that like it's... Uh... It's a that's a huge deal. Obviously, it was a huge deal at the time, but I'm still being blown away by it even at this moment. That's awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a deal. I mean, uh, you know, we didn't go to church, didn't know God, anything like that, and um, you know, the way it happened was took everybody by surprise. And the doctors said, you know, maybe he's got a year, maybe he's got two years, but not really much, you know, hope for anything. And we're talking about 90, 96, 97. Yeah, 97, yeah, 96, 97, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so what happened What happened next? You know, I did this, the treatments and stuff like that. And then through that process, uh, like I said, my wife gets saved. 
And then, uh, you know, she starts inviting me to church and all that. And then the guys at the church, they start getting me involved, you know, into like this Bible study and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then we start going, or they invited me to this, um, this men's retreat. Ah. I've never been to one before, you know, and stuff like that. And while I'm there, I had like this, you know, really spiritual thing happen to me, you know. And like the following week, they did an altar call at church, and I just went and got saved, you know. Wow. So early, thir- you were in your early 30s at that yep. point. Yep. Yeah. Young family. Yep. Three kids, wife. Yeah. Uh, I think our youngest son was still only like, uh, you know, maybe three. Wow. Three years old, okay. Like Man, that was that was awesome. So uh, fast forward, if you will, a little bit there, and obviously you're. You made a you made a good start there, and a quality uh, <laughs> you stepped into a quality scenario. But uh, when did you actually go? I guess you went on a short term trip uh, at some point. What, what year was that? That was in two thousand, and it was such a crazy thing. We had just started going to church and everything, so you know we got a couple of years into that, and uh, you know our church was showing these videos about their upcoming missions trips. Okay, and I missed that Sunday. You, you know? did. So the following Sunday, we go to church. I asked my pastor, hey, you know, I missed, can I have the video? Because we had VHS back then. You know? <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so uh, I take this this tape. I, we get home after church. I put this tape in. And, like, instantly, I'm in tears, man. I'm like a little baby with just my mind, like, soaking in tears. You wow. Know? Couldn't understand what was happening or anything like that. It was an intro to to uh, promote this trip to Guatemala. So later on that week, I called my pastor. I get an appointment with him. I was like, man, I don't understand it. I'm, you know, I put it in. I'm like crying like a baby. And he reaches over the, te- over his desk and grabs my hand and says, welcome to the mission field. Seriously. Seriously, man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, wow. uh, first trip was in 2000. We did. Oh my gosh. We've done several trips. Our kids have been on trips. Mm-hmm all throughout Central America and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here we are. Here we are a few years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No so when did you guys get, I mean, your first your first country, when you went, I guess it was some years before you went full-time right. in missions. And I'm, I'm guessing it was maybe a decade or, or, or something. 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we, um, we did several trips. And, you know, it's kind of like everybody else. You start off with going as a group with the church, something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And then we started doing, like, our own group, our own trips. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then it led into, like, uh, I was invited to come manage the construction of a church in Costa Rica. I was there for about five weeks. Came off that and then went back a few times with my wife to finish up the construction. And then, actually, that was in 2000 and. Uh, 2012, we were in the airport. We were just talking about it and everything. And we're like, you know, I think it's time to go full time. Yeah. So we we got the ball rolling, talked to our pastor. He's like, yeah, we knew you were, it was just a matter of time before you did this. We're behind you, but we think you need to do some uh, missionary training program. Right, right. And so that's what got us to Mexico. Okay. Um, We had all the intention of going to Panama and working with some other missionaries that we know to start a Bible college. Okay. And as we got here through the uh, course of events, 
that door kind of an opportunity kind of closed on us, but then Mexico opened wide open for us. Yeah. And so we did two years in a city south of here. Yeah. And then came here to Lacamana. We've been here for about almost three years. Well, I can really appreciate La Quemada. It's it's a, it, not only is it a great place and and very you know it's it's different. I've been all over Mexico. You know, all not every state, but more than half of them. Right. And I this is my first time to have something like this. There's a fireworks show in town that you know it, it's been it's been wonderful. Just the people and and you know what's going on here in the place. It's it's just all comes together. To be something really special, uh, my experience, you guys included. It's uh, San Jose's day, I believe it is, and yeah. therefore the very loud booms that have been going on since 5.55 this morning. Exactly. So, hey, for those of you who know San Jose, <laughs> you know, uh, you'll, you may well understand. Now, in, in your first assignment, we talked a little bit about this uh, in your first stop, and we'll leave it. I can't at that in terms yeah. of location. Yeah. You guys ran into some stuff that uh, was pretty dramatic. If I mean, it was in my hearing uh, yeah. the first time. So tell me a little bit about what you guys were doing in your first stop and, and how things uh, developed there and, and, and what you observed. Well, when we first got to Mexico, you know, we we're getting set up and everything. And we really didn't know where to jump out to, you know, mm -hmm. we had some outlets that people had told us about to try to, you know, uh, get us going. But, uh, I always felt like I was like, there's, there's, was an area that kind of drew me to uh -huh. uh, a town that was close to us. And so I found out that there was a, pr a youth prison there. Uh -huh. And so it took us about four months, but we finally got into this youth prison and, uh, it started out with something small. The, the lady there was a Christian, and she asked me if I could teach English or if I knew English. Uh -huh. I said, I know a lot of English. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it, it kind of worked in as coming in to teach uh, the kids uh, English. Okay. You know? But then as it progressed and everything, we was able to, to hold the first ever praise and worship service in this prison. Wow. And it was awesome. We had a lot of these, you know, young teenage kids that were been involved in gang life pretty much their whole life, you know, come to the Lord in front of their peers, you know? Yeah. Well, that was in December of this certain year. And then shortly after that, probably within three, two weeks of that, the mayor of our town was assassinated. You know, it was a little, little kind of a shakeup deal there. Cause you know, the area that we were in was kind of underneath you, you we had uh, two or three drug factions trying to fight against each other to gain control. And so, um, you know, we had taken a couple of weeks off the prison to kind of get regrouped. Boom. When I went back, I was telling the staff member about this uh, guy in solitary confinement. I'd like to go talk to him. And so long story short, I get back there. There's a couple of guys back there. Yeah. I'm talking with them there, like that. I come out of that and I'm talking with the staff member and I said, hey, did you hear what happened to our mayor and everything? And she goes, yeah, we got one of those guys here. Oh. One of the guys from the group that had done the assassination? Correct. I'm like, really? And I'm thinking, okay, you probably shouldn't be telling me this information, you know? <laughs> you know? So, I, and my response was, really? She goes, yeah, you just got done talking to him. Oh. I'm like, okay, you know, 
that was a little bit of a, a deal, you know? Yeah. And so over the next uh, few weeks, I'm seeing this this kid. And, and you, you know, looking at him, you would have never guessed that he would have been involved in such a crime like that. Mm. You know, 15-year-old kid just looked like a normal 15-year-old kid, you know? Yeah. But upon, you know, getting in there and talking with him and everything and then bringing a, a pastor friend of mine in, we're praying with this kid. And uh, he said something that was so shocking and amazing to me that I'll never forget it. He, he tells us after we're praying with him, he goes, you know, and remember, he's 15 years old. He says, out of all the people I've killed at 15, uh. out of all the people I've killed, I realize now that I was in a prison in my heart long before I came to this physical prison. Mm. And I mean, what do you do? You walk away from that. You go, my gosh. Yeah. You know, unreal. So Lord have mercy, you know, but God did some stuff in his life and yeah, you know? Yeah. Now, as I recall, you said there was the way the hit or whatever was done on the government official was done in the first few hours of that new uh, official taking office who had ran on a a campaign to kind of clean up the scenario. And within, she didn't have a full day in office. She, she, she got, uh, she got eliminated uh, before she probably ever saw the inside of her physical office. Correct. Yeah. The way things run here is, uh, I mean, you take office the next, the right next day. Okay. And it's at the end of the year. So, you know, she won. It's December 31st of that year. And then, you know, she was already assassinated by five o'clock that morning of the first of the January. first, uh, first of January. Wow. Do I remember right also that you said that, 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 that contract or whatever was for, I mean, it, it, the, the value, the, the price they put on her life. Mm-hmm. Was uh, it was the equivalent of at the time about the equivalent of three hundred U.S. dollars, and that was going to be split up between five ways. Right. So five people who were involved, the young man and the, and four others, mm-hmm. were splitting three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks, and two of them, if I remember right, two of them were killed after the the chase pursued and everything. Uh-huh, like that, after the so. apprehension attempt and all that. Yeah. Wow. So that, that to me is, I mean, these are stark kind of examples. And, and especially for those of us who are in the U.S. and places like that, we, I think we find a hard place in our mind to kind of onboard. You know, how, how do we process yeah. this? Uh, it's, it's foreign to us. And, and, and it also speaks to the value of life, right? I mean, what, how is life valued? How are we, how are we going to see life as valuable? And that's the thing of it. I mean, you know, one of the, and this is just like another example of how the spiritual attack that comes is, you know, the, the, the big gangs and the cartels and stuff like that, they use the young kids to do all their dirty work. Right. Because the government is more lenient on them. Right. And they don't really care about your life if you get caught or killed. And, you know, because it's not them. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's really, you know, you could look at it as this way, you know, like, you know, the enemy, the devil taking a young life 
who has all this full potential yeah. to do some major things. Yeah. And we're just going to snuff it out right then, whether it be through death or through, you know, a lifetime of incarceration. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's, uh, that's the kind of ground you find yourself in. That's the hard ground that you find yourself in and the hardened spiritual environment. You know, one of the statistics that really shocked me is, you know, we, the U.S. is, you know, was at war in Afghanistan and Iraq through the, through the years. And there was a higher casualty rate in Mexico between, you know, as a, where there was no declared war as a result of, um, I guess, an internal turf war when it comes to who controls uh, the, the drug routes, really, the, the, the routes of passage. And that, that casualty rate far exceeded what, what we were seeing in, in, a, in a casualty rate in an actual war. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, I think from a civilian standpoint, the, uh, there was a lot of, I don't think there was like indiscriminate fire so much because these guys aren't trying to waste bullets, but there were people who got killed who were, you know, just uh, having to be in kind of the wrong place at the wrong time. And that still happens, I know, yeah. here. It's just a, it's a different place than where we have kind of a, a framework to understand. It is, and it's what kind of uh, really surprised me is that, like you said, it, or you hear in the media, the war on drugs. There's going to be three of them. <laughs> But the war on drugs, and when you hear the news stories and read the uh, the newspapers, that's pegging out my meter. <laughs> More fireworks for San you, Jose. When you uh, get into the stories, the cartels, when when an innocent bystander gets killed or harmed, they label them as a civilian. Right. So they already had this mindset that we're our own army. Yeah. We are the superior power here. Yeah. If someone's yeah. getting in the way, they're civilians or they're from the other side right. of the war. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's a different mindset. Yeah. You know. Right. It is, and I think it's a, it's a mindset that uh, basically says we're all about business here. If somebody pays the price and the ultimate price to facilitate that. You know, it is what it is kind of idea. Yeah, and they take it upon it like like we're doing a legitimate business here. <laughs> exactly. You know, we've got opportunities and people are standing in the way exactly. of our opportunities. Exactly. Right. And of course, there's uh, the appetite for these kinds of drugs and and such things in the in the U.S. is is you know kind of creates a vacuum. You know, I guess you know back in back in the day when you and I were were much younger men, young men still, but much younger men, you know, all that stuff was, was Colombian driven, you know, all the, the cartel activity was primarily Colombian. And, but you know, that there's been, I guess over the last, what, 30, 40 years, maybe more, probably 30 or 40 years in the States, there's this vacuum that's been present for available drugs, you know? So for a while, the Colombians were, were, were satisfying that, you know, and I guess I've, I've seen some of the stories uh, of how that changed over the years. Right. Uh, that's probably not our main subject, but still the point stands that the, that the, the U.S. is, is uh, creating a, 
a pretty sturdy market for for the business activity, which to me is is uh, really sad. You know, it's a shame. Well, you and I both know there's only there's only one way to truly change a life. Yeah. And you know, we we, we can all tell stories of you know whether we've experienced them firsthand or heard about them how someone was doing these heinous crimes and they get their heart changed like this kid. Yeah. You know, or they were at the, the top of the, of the game there and their heart gets changed and they, you know, right. Get out of it. You know? Yeah. It's the same way. I mean, there's, you know, people who were addicted to drugs for years and all of a sudden God touches their life and all of a sudden they're, they're they have no desire for that. And right. So really the, the way, the ultimate way is to, you know, with the love of God to get people to say, Hey, you know, you can have better, you can be better, you know, mm. through God, through, through yeah. what Jesus did for us and everything like that. So wow. it's, that's kind of like the start of it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the on-ramp to a new, new life. Exactly. Yeah. The Lord opens the door. Absolutely. I mean, I, I as we were both saved from our own brand of sin right as everyone is right thank god for it tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing here in la quemada of course we're in the state of guanajuato which is beautiful central mexico just uh yeah wow it's it's hard to it's hard to describe other than you got to come enjoy it for yourself right it's a great place here and and what makes it so special to me is not just the you know, ambiance or the environment or whatever like that, or the atmosphere or the weather or whatever, but it's the people who are working here. Something special is happening here at La Quemada. Yeah. We observed that, been here, uh, this is our third time, I think two years ago was our first time, and that's when we met you. What are you guys, what are you seeing here? What What are you guys up to? What What part do you play in the overall ministry? And, uh, and what would you like to say about La Quemada specifically? Well, for us, I mean, La Quemada is really unique in how we work here. Uh, you know, we work very much as a, a team. Mm-hmm. There is no, uh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, we have a, a central project here. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody that comes here sees that project and works together to get that project done. Mm. And it's it's everybody's resources. It's, you know, it's not just financial. financial it's... It's, you know, what kind of skills do I have to kind of forward the project? You know? Yeah. Um, for example, I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher. I'm a high school dropout, <laughs> you know, and they needed someone to teach English. Well, I know English, you yeah. know, and I know how to read a book, you yeah. know, and, yeah. uh, you know, so I teach English. I've been doing that for, uh, for two years now. And um, my wife, she's really good at arts and crafts, so she does good in the, uh, in the art room. Yeah, you know? yeah. Giving them some creativity and some options there. Wow. And then uh, just recently, we started a Bible college a, a couple weeks ago. Wow. And uh, it's really amazing how the, the kids are just soaking it up, you know. And um, But then, you know, then you have the other teachers. They contribute. You know, we have one teacher that uh, works with the little kids, and that's what she does all day long. Mm-hmm. And, man, she does an awesome job there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can honestly say that, you know, not just to be saying it, but to honestly say every teacher that's in that school Man, they give it their all, and it shows. Yeah. You know? And uh, then you have the, the founders here, uh, which is Jessica and Christian and other members of the family, you know? And they have this vision. 
And, um, and we're seeing it fulfilled. It's great to be a part of that. And kind of like, kind of like what you and I had talked about earlier, you know, we've always considered ourselves to be a ministry of helps. Yes. So we don't have to come in and be, you know, hey, we're Jim and D, you know. No, we, we just come in. They're and, triangulating on exactly. us, Jim. <laughs> so we just come in and say, where do you need us? Yeah. What can we do to help what you're trying to do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that mindset has really has been great for us, you know. Yeah. As far as Lacomata goes, it's, you know, uh, God, I believe God's definitely doing something here. When my wife and I first came here, uh, now, you know, almost six years ago, when we first visited it, you know, it was a really kind of unique story there. If we got a minute, I'll tell you. We do. You. Yeah, that's it. You know, you know, when I first back, rewind a few years when I was in Costa Rica building this church, I was there for about five weeks and uh, I get really into what I'm doing. And I came home from that five weeks and my wife goes, did you miss me? <laughs> and, you know, I know now <laughs> that answer should have been yes. You know, so, so much, <laughs> so much, you know, but I, I delayed a little bit there Oh, okay. because you know, you get so wrapped up in everything what you're doing, with the yeah. people and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And boy, she really got offended at that. Oh, <laughs> you know, I was in trouble. Yes. So, you know, fast forward a few years, we're here. We spent the week here and we get in the van to go back to our, another part in Mexico for our training to finish our training up. And I get in the van and she's just gushing these tears. And, you know, oh. be, be, me being me, I'm like, I did something. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what it was, but it yeah. was me. You know, I get <laughs> on there, and I sit next to her, and I go, what's wrong? What, what's going on? And she looks at me, and she says, I know what you mean now. Wow. She got so attached to this place the first time we were here that when it was time to wrap up our assignment, we were wondering where we were going to go. And when I brought up, you know, Lacamada as, as being a possibility. She was like, man, I didn't even think about that. Wow. And so we got on board, got our pastors involved and everything, and, and here we are. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you guys, I can say this, and, you know, we've had a team here for some days, and really, again, like you say, the spirit of teamwork is is so prevalent here. We, we brought some guys from the States, and, and we were – we just basically came together as one unit, you know, for this retreat, and it's flowed super smoothly. Also, you know, you help, you've, you've been an awesome help to, to our guys and also someone for them to relate to from a mission standpoint. You know, a lot of what we try to do in FX Missions is introduce people to uh, missions, introduce them to international work, introduce them to people who are doing worthwhile things in other parts of the world. A lot of stuff really great going on in the States, you know. And we're, we're all in favor of that. But, uh, you know, what we do is international, you know. So you give a great example, I think, for someone that uh, guys from the States who are getting here for the first time, like, wow, this guy's not that much different from me. You know, I mean, he's I mean, you know, we're 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 both from the Midwest or we're both from wherever, you know, we're both from the U.S. And we there's a collegiality that can be formed quickly. And also give them a way to relate to it's really normal people who are on the mission field. You know, you know, it's it's normal folks just like the rest of us who heard something, who felt something, who were led to do something and who simply followed through. 
So it takes some of the mystique, some of the mystery, and some of the impossibility off the table. And you've done an awesome job of that, man. I really appreciate how you've helped us uh, in that way and in a lot of other ways. So, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Also, a chance to get to know you more and kind of your uh, your story and you know where you guys come from and where you're headed. One of the things that La Quemada does that we've been here at times when they were doing is the camps. Do you also play a part in those camps? I guess it's probably all hands on deck during camps. It is and it isn't. You know. Okay. Um, you know, it depends what what we have going on with the school and other things. Uh-huh. You know, the main thing that we just try to do is be flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, if this person can't show up, do we have someone to fill that spot? Of course we do. Someone yeah. can do it. You yeah. Know, if you have to take on a little extra to do it, then do it, you know? Yeah. When we first got here and they were doing camps, trying to get into the flow of it and everything like that was a little difficult. Yeah. But I told Christian, I said, hey, you know, I got a camera. I'll take pictures if, yeah. if, you know, take them for you, take them for them. I don't care. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so we did that. Yeah. You know, and I still do it from time to time. Um, you know, we have to get things set up for the camps. Yeah. I'll do it. It's a big event. I mean, yeah, there's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people that are exactly. flowing through here over a week or a weekend. We, and, had a, yeah. we had a lady come in one time that was associated with the camp. And she, I, I can't remember if she forgot her medicines or something like that. And, uh, hey, Jim, can you take her to Dolores, the doctor? I'm like, yeah, no problem, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's always been that teamwork. Yeah. You know, and it's it's done in such a way to where, you know, not that you want people to be missing, but if someone for some reason has to step out, yeah, you've got someone who's going to step into that place and keep the ball rolling. Mm. You know? Wow. And now you were you were kind enough to to show me the finer arts of Adobe. <laughs> this morning that it's was all dirt man yeah, i was like you know we're talking about adobe and i said oh yeah 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 yeah. i get it i get it i get it it's it's uh it's uh cement no it's dirt oh okay 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 it's it's clay no it's dirt and like, finally we got up and we went across the street where the construction's going on and we saw adobe yep. and you were thank you for your patience with me because i i was in my head there's no way that this is just dirt but it's dirt, you know. Dirt. So the Adobe construction continues here in uh, rural central Mexico. Yep. It is being, there's, there's stuff that's being done right across the street. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the construction? What they're, what, you know, there's a, there's a school here. There's, I think it's through the sixth grade right now, something to that effect. And you guys are hoping to add some grades. And then there's some construction that's kind of shadowing the, the growth. Am I understanding that right? Well, what we do, um, actually, the school grades go all the way up to what we call PREPA, which is getting them prepped for, Uh like, university or college. Okay. Okay. Uh, The grading system is different different here, and I still haven't fully grasped it. Okay. But, like, just to give you kind of a quick history, when we first came here uh, six years ago to visit for our our training week, there was, uh, on the backside here, there was just two rooms. Okay. Probably, you know, 10 foot by 15 foot. Okay. Okay, not that big at all. And so now, and that was on the Hacienda part side of the road. Now they've expanded over into what used to be the whole corral and stable. So you have to remember, you know, two, three hundred years ago, there was at least, you know, 200 horses 
Yeah. But they corralled in this, and yeah. then they had full, like, you know, cattle and things like this. Yeah. So the, the stables are a huge piece of uh, uh, area over there. And yeah. So they've expanded over there with the school, and that's basically where all the school is now. Okay. So when I first got here, the the field was growed over, and the things were tore down. Walls were, you know, caved in. There were no roofs on certain parts and stuff like that. And so that was first, like, six years ago. Through our first assignment, we would come up periodically and get involved with other projects and stuff like that, and they were continually growing. Mm-hmm. So when we first came here almost three years ago, they had uh, – Three functioning classrooms over there. Okay. And an office area. Yeah. Okay. Here it is, you know, two and a half, three years later, we have four classrooms, a library, a teacher's lounge, a prayer room, a fully functioning auditorium. We have a kitchen that's feeding 43 kids lunch every day, Monday through Friday. We have a lunch area for them to eat in. So they can don't have to eat in the dirt ground anymore, and it's just continuing to go from there. We wow. have two more classrooms that's in construction now that'll be ready for next school year. Yeah, because we are adding kids every year. Yes, I, I I've seen that, and I think there's a demand here. Just for a little context, we're in the center here as we're talking. We're in the courtyard of a wow, I don't know, three century old hacienda. Exactly, this place was. It played a, a fairly strategic role, this, this property, in uh, both the war for independence from Spain and also the Mexican Revolution. Yep. And it is simply mind-bending to be in this kind of context with uh, two and a half feet w- thick walls and, you know, something that was built so, so long ago. So... The corrals and all those things, the, the way the building was originally set up was a functioning hacienda, and it was hundreds of years ago. So a lot of that over time has, of course, deteriorated. We got to see the adobe that had weathered over 200 years as a part of our lesson in adobe construction. But right now there's, they're in a building and restoration phase, which they've really been in since they came back. The hacienda itself, I know, was probably in the best shape of all the buildings at that time when they returned here, but it was not, that didn't mean it was in good shape. You know, it had, a lot had to be done with it and continues to be improved upon. But that, that, the, the building phase for the school to me is, is, is pretty cool. And there, you know, we're in the middle here and you tell me, I think we're in the middle of a little town. Well, this used to be the center of probably the county, but now it's a small town that's built around it. And it's, what is it, a thousand people or 700 or a few thousand or yeah we're right around 1100 1200 people in our town mm-hmm. and then we have a couple of towns that are further down the road that are pretty close to us that have uh-huh. their population you know right so, right um yeah you know it's, yeah and it's so crazy because i like how they're what direction they're taking this mm-hmm. you know the mexican people are very rich in tradition yeah and no one wants to lose that tradition right you know so even as they start building and restoring, they're doing it in a way to where even the buildings hold that same appearance and look. Yeah, right, you know, right. When, whenever we incorporate uh, a more contemporary product into the, the construction phase of it, we do it in a way where it's going to accent the building right. rather than take away from it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that, that, and you can tell that all around. I mean, yeah. it, it does, nothing looks out of place with the stuff that was built over 300 years yeah. ago or whatever. And it's really, really, uh, that's got to be, you got to be diligent about that or you, you know, shortcuts or whatever, you know, things that would lead you away from being able to hold that, that sort of that feeling, that ambiance and the trueness to what's already here. So, um, very cool place. Really appreciate you guys' efforts here and what you what you've been doing. As we're as we're wrapping up here, what what can uh, what do you see here? What 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 would you like to mention about the future here at La Quemada and also for you and D? And how can we pray for you? Well, for La Quemada here, you know these projects are definitely going to continue to go forward. Yeah. Okay. As the school expands, as more kids get involved. And the school is really the key to the community coming mm-hmm. to Christ and growing themselves. Yes. So these are definitely going to grow uh, the projects in the school and everything like that. You know, I would anybody who is even thinking about, you know, doing a missions trip somewhere. Yeah. By all means, come here. Mm. You'll get a, a feel for the place. And this may be the, you know, the first and only place that you come to. Or it may be a launching pad to some other part in the world. Mm. But definitely it's a good first step yeah. to get your toes wet, so to say, on the mission field. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As far as D and I go, you know, you know, we you know, that's kinda like the the good thing about us is we're our own organization, but we yeah. come alongside other organizations to work with them. Yeah. So what we feel like is going to be on our deal is to expand into other parts of the world as well mm. so we think that we we'll always have a place here in la yeah. oh yeah and i you know i wish i had that what tomorrow and the next day is going <laughs> to be like you know yeah. but i don't yeah right but uh you know we we have definitely gotten our roots sorry about that sorry about that guy <laughs> we definitely got some good roots here with the people the community and, and the family here and um, and we're hoping to take the same way we do things here as far as, you know, helping people with what they have. Yeah. You know, and take that to other parts of the world and, and grow from there. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's a, that's a, that sounds like a challenging vision. As you say, you don't know what's coming. And uh, as we all, that's our case, all of our case. But, uh, how can we pray for you and D and what you guys are up to? And if someone wants to get in touch or reach out, know more about your ministry and sure. your organization, how could they find you? Well, the pray for us, definitely. I mean, we need wisdom, uh, strength. You know, one thing that not to deter people from the mission field, but, you know, we do have stress yeah. just like everybody else. Sure, sure. You know? And uh, so definitely pray for for our marriage and for our personal lives. Yes. You know, we get so busy that sometimes we put God on the back burner. And yeah. That we need to flip that around. Yeah. You know, and as far as uh, getting in touch with us, uh, the name of our organization is Church Connection International. Uh, you can go to www.churchconnectint.org. Okay. And uh, look us up that way or okay. look us up on Facebook. Yeah. Church there. Connection International. Yep. yep. Find you on Facebook or on the web. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time to sit down with us. Uh, we did pull you away from some other hey, stuff, I'm sure. Right. But uh, thank you for being so available, not only at this time to record, but also you've, you've just been, 
you know, a huge help to us and, and uh, you know, and our collaboration uh, with La Quemada here. Uh, many blessings to you. We'll be praying for you, and we'll, we'll, uh, we will catch you down range. I'm sure about All that. Right. Sounds yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Thank it. you. Thank you. Uh, as for me, I'm Scott McClelland for your FX Missions from the Forefront Podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on from the forefront because of their forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.